0: 195 nations set path to keep temperature rise well below 2 degrees Celsius. That was one of the headlines issuing from Paris in the wake of the Conference of the Parties, or COP21 meeting. So how will this be achieved? Can it be achieved at all? And what has the UK signed up to? Manchester University's climate scientist Alice Boz larkin was there to hear the verdict.
1: We are legally committed to... Holding global average temperatures to below 2 degrees... It's also in the text that it's recognised that the current pledges that countries have made, so countries have said how much they want to reduce their emissions by either 2025 or 2030, that there is a huge gap between those pledges and meeting that goal. And so also within the text, it states that emissions need to peak as soon as possible and then be reduced to a level where the sources are outweighed by the sink. So in other words, more CO2 is being absorbed than is being put into the atmosphere and that's by the second half of the century and i would argue that that level of emission reduction and the time frame is not in keeping with certainly the one and a half degree centigrade target particularly given that there is this reliance on some absorption of co2 by technologies such as biomass with carbon capture and storage and given that those are not uh, proven on a widespread large scale at the moment um, it's a very it's a risky strategy to take so I would say that at the moment the text in terms of the science, is not matched by the ambition that it has.
0: A lot of hot air, then?
1: I would say that it's it's less specific than would have been, you know, more helpful, if you like. In the earlier versions of the text, there was more specificity about the level of emission reduction. So a percentage reduction was named or there were ranges that were named and the dates that were given were somewhat sooner than um, 2050 in some cases. And having lost that specificity, it makes it more challenging to see what is going to be expected of nations.
0: And how are they trying to incentivise countries to get on board and, and sign up to these targets, ambitious though they may be, Is there a carrot and stick model here, something like that?
1: I think that what you can see here is a very strong political statement. There was an extremely strong will to get all nations to sign up to something to combat climate change. And this is seen in a political way as being extremely positive that all of these countries have signed up to the well below two degrees or keeping in mind one and a half degrees. How that can now be implemented is up to politicians, it's up to business, it's up to civil society, because I think there's a lot of scope for interpretation within the text. Um, And it remains to be seen how they will then hold countries to those targets. And this is something that, you know, will concern me and will be something that I will look at in terms of different countries, energy policies and the emission reduction pledges. Because one concern is that this is not going to kick in for some years that the first stock take on how deeply emissions have been cut or how well countries are doing towards their pledges is not until 2023. This doesn't give us The sort of urgency that the two degree and the one and a half degree targets require, because actually the amount of CO2 that can be put into the atmosphere for those temperature targets is extremely limited. And actually, if we manage to cut emissions deeply in the next five years, that would actually make it much easier in the longer term to deliver on those reductions. So, you know, I think it's up to, you know, legal and policy experts to scrutinise the text and work out what the carrots and sticks are. But certainly the scientific community will be looking closely at the pledges and trying to understand understand more clearly what the options are to help to close the gap between them.
0: What does this mean, though, for the average person in the street? Achieving these targets, if I'm to play my part, what's it going to have to do to my lifestyle?
1: What happens to the lifestyle of a a typical UK citizen will depend on how the UK government interprets this agreement. I would say that this requires a rapid transition in our energy system towards a very low carbon energy system. One side of it is on the energy demand side, so if we're using less energy as individuals, then it makes it easier to decarbonise that energy, so to reduce the CO2 emissions. So looking at energy demand, a move towards much more efficient uh, transport, electricity use, and heating, trying to reduce the amount of heating that people require in their home, but really rapidly rolling them out to everybody. And on the supply side, it means that we would need to have a much greater penetration of renewable technology and other low-carbon technologies in the supply side of our energy system. But it's not just a question of energy supply. It also really is going to touch on energy demand and how we use energy. And I think that's an area that we have huge scope to do a lot more on in the future.
0: Alice Bose-Larkin, who's been attending the COP21 climate change meeting,